0: okay I was excited I guess (laughs) in verse 1 we saw John tell us that uh, start talking about uh, uh, the word of life now again this is a this is a title for Jesus that only John uses he calls Jesus the word in his gospel he calls him the word of life here and we looked at the idea of Jesus being the word of life now <clears throat> the Word in the sense that He is the full revelation of who God is. Everything God wants us to know about Him is in Jesus Christ. Everything. So He's the Word of God in that sense. He's the Word of God also in that He's the culmination of everything God has said up to this point. All of the law, all of the prophets, everything to this point points us to Jesus. He's the culmination of the word of God and so this morning we're going to look at the, the idea of the life he brings he really kind of explains what he means by the life let me ask you if you were God how would you reveal yourself to mankind how would you do it because the way God's done it is he's done it in nature he's done it in creation Romans one says that we're without excuse because we see the attributes of God in nature. We see everything we need. We see everything we need to know that there is a God just in nature, and then He also has given us His Word, Scripture. He's written it down for us. What do we say in our generation? We say, "Yeah, I don't believe your promise. Write it down, right? I want it in writing." Here it is, in writing. And then he gave us Jesus Christ, who fully reveals who God is, fully reveals the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the, the justice of God. He fully reveals who God is. And so... I think this is important to understand for this reason, and I've said it from this platform before, and you will hear it again and again and again. You have to have Jesus right to have God right. You must know Jesus to know God. You must, because Jesus is the full revelation of who God is. And so you don't know God if you don't know Jesus. It's that simple. It's that simple and that complex, that scary frankly. Because we have so many in our society that think they know God, but if they, you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. You can't know God because Jesus is the full revelation of who God is. So if you get Jesus wrong, who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, you get that wrong, you've got God wrong. And you must know that. And John points us to that In the first two verses of this letter, he says, this is who I follow. This is the Messiah. This is the Christ. Now, in the original Greek, verse 2 is kind of in parentheses. Now, Greek doesn't actually use parentheses. It just uses words to set off. They, They don't have the little marks that we have. They just use certain Greek words to set this off. So it's in parentheses, in a sense, in, in the original Greek. Now the reason for that is it explains verse 1 and bridges us to verse 3. So it's an explanation of what he meant in verse 1. So we're going to start in verse 1 and we'll read verse 2 also today. So let's read 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. It is up here behind me, verse 1 and 2. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed. We have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father was revealed to us. So he starts out by telling, talking about life. He picks up on the, the, the idea of the word of life, that life. Now, the the Greek word here is is revealed, manifested, made clear, made known. It's in the past tense. Now It's in the past tense because it's something that that God has done, right? Jesus has been revealed. God has revealed himself in Jesus. We need not wait for further revelation. We're not waiting for something, some more word to come. Jesus reveals God to us. He reveals the life to us. He has made life manifested, made known, made clear to us in Jesus Christ. Now, it's also important to understand that, that he is not summing up Jesus by calling him the life. Even Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So he's not trying to sum up Jesus by saying that Jesus is the life. That is a part of who Jesus is. It's an aspect. It's what I would call a perfection. It's one of the perfections of Jesus. Like holiness is a perfection of God. It doesn't describe all of who God is, but it's one of his attributes, one of his perfections, is that that God is holy. One of the perfections of Jesus is that he is life. He is the life. A more... Literal translation of verse 2 would be this. And this life was manifested, made visible and clear. And we have seen it and can still see it. And we are bearing witness and bringing you a, a report concerning the life eternal, which was with the Father and was manifested and made clear to us. The New Living Translation has this verse this way. It says, The one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him, and we now testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. Now this, I, I, I want you to, to think back to last week. I know it was seven days ago, and you've slept since then, but but think back to last week, because, this letter is dated late first century. So this is roughly 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus that this letter happens. And John is saying, I can still see what I saw with Jesus. I still have that picture in my head. I can still hear his voice ringing in my ear. We, we talked last week about Jesus. John knew Jesus personally. John laid his head on Jesus' chest. John knows how Jesus smells. John understood Jesus because he followed Jesus. He was there for for everything Jesus did. And so when, when he says, everything I saw, I can still see. He can still see wonders and miracles. He can still see Jesus walking on water. He can still see the death of Jesus on the cross. He can still see the resurrected Jesus that came to the room where the disciples were. He can still see all of that in his head. He can still hear the voice of Jesus ringing in his ear. May we we be focused that much on Christ, amen? That we could actually see and hear everything he's done in our lives, still today. We tend to, to get to the point of what have you done for me lately? We tend to forget the things that God has saved us from in Christ. We, we, we tend to forget what Christ has done in our lives. John is saying he still remembers it all. He's seen it all and can still see it. He's, he's heard it all, he can still hear it. He's experienced it. And it's still with him. And, and so he can testify about it. Now this is an important concept in Judaism to testify about something. This is to bear witness. It's a, what he's talking about is his personal experience with Christ. He had a personal experience with Christ. And he's testifying about that personal experience. What he saw, what he heard, what he experienced. That's now what he's going to testify about. He can bear witness to everything Jesus did because he was there. And then, now he's telling us in verse 2, I'm going to declare that to you. I'm going to tell you about it. Now, declare or proclaim, your, your, your version of the Bible may say, it's actually in the present tense, so it's proclaiming or declaring. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. He's doing it for us this morning. Isn't he? He's declaring to us what he saw and what he heard and what he experienced. So this is an ongoing process for John. And what we see in this, in this process is the, the, the perfect, ideal Christian experience. Isn't it? Because we hear about Jesus. We see Jesus in a new way. A way we've never seen him before. Then we experience Jesus, then we tell somebody else. Isn't that the the ideal Christian experience? Isn't that exactly how it's supposed to go? Is we, we hear Jesus, we see Jesus, we experience Jesus, and then we tell somebody else. We announce it, we declare it, we proclaim it. He's talking about a personal encounter With Jesus. Now, I do not believe that you can have an encounter with Jesus and be unaffected. You cannot have an encounter with Jesus and be completely unmoved. As we see all through the New Testament, we see people come to Christ. We see uh, amazing transformations, like Paul, for instance. An amazing transformation of Paul from who he was to who he is after that Damascus Road experience we looked at in, in Acts. Totally different. Then we also see people like Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in, in John chapter 3. He comes to Jesus in, in the dark of the night, and he's asking questions of Jesus when nobody else can see him do it. Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He doesn't want to be seen talking to this guy. But he comes to Jesus, and, he, and Jesus said, You must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so Nicodemus goes away, probably confused. But then about cha- John chapter eight, we see Nicodemus arguing with the other Pharisees. They're saying, we gotta kill this guy. This Jesus guy, he's gotta go. And, so, and Nicodemus is saying, wait, we have to have a trial first. You can't just kill this guy. So he's starting to argue against the Pharisees. And then who is it that collects the body of Jesus after the cross, Nicodemus. So we see a slow process with Nicodemus. We With the Pharisees, their inc- personal encounter with Jesus hardens their hearts. They think they're the way to God, and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so their hearts are hardened. You cannot... Have an encounter with Jesus and not be changed, not be transformed in some way. You'll come to faith in Christ like so many we read in, in, in the New Testament, or your heart will be hardened like so many more that we read in the New Testament. And so, so once we are affected by Jesus, and we have been affected and we have we, we have a personal experience with Jesus. We've heard about him. We see him in a new light. We, we have a personal experience with him. And then we proclaim it. We talk about it with others. We go proclaim what Jesus has done in our lives. I, uh, I'm convinced personally that this is what people need to hear. They don't want a theological argument for Jesus. Nobody's ever argued into salvation. And so they don't want a a theological argument. They want to hear what difference Jesus has made in your life. I think you can do your testimony on a three-by-five card. This is who I was. This is how I met Jesus. This is who I I am now. It's that simple. Now, we always say, I don't know enough. I, I I can't possibly go be talk about my faith, share my faith with somebody because I don't know enough. I want to I want to bring up a couple of ideas to you. In Luke chapter nine, Jesus sends out the twelve, tells them go proclaim the kingdom of God, and they do, and they come back, and Jesus feeds the five thousand, and then he sits with his disciples and says, Who do they say I am? Who do you say? I am. Now I have to ask, wouldn't you think this would be a, a question settled before you went? Who do you say I am? Jesus didn't settle that before they went, He sent them. Then it happens again in, in Luke chapter 10. Because in Luke chapter 10, they, uh, Jesus sends out the 72 And they come back, and they're proclaiming what Jesus has done, and Jesus teaches them in parables, and then he teaches them to pray. Wouldn't you think that would have been handled before they went? Don't you think that we'd have have wanted a lock on who Jesus is and how to pray before you went as a missionary? That's not how Jesus did it. Jesus sent they had seen Jesus, they had heard Jesus, they had experienced Jesus, and He sent them. That's the pro- progression we see. In oh. Is it still on? Yeah, it is. I'll stay put. So that's the, what we see with First John. What we see with Jesus in Luke is they hear Jesus, they see Jesus, they experience Jesus, and they're sent. They go tell somebody else. That is the progression we see in First John. And, and, and John tells us about the eternal life. He says, the eternal life which was with the Father and has been revealed, has been manifested, has been made known and made clear to us. John is really driving home the point of John chapter, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Glory is the only of the Father, full of grace and truth. John is telling us again, this is eternal life, Jesus. You know, eternal life is only actually defined in one place in Scripture, One place. And that's when Jesus defines it in John 17, verse 3. John 17, verse 3. He says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. So, eternal life is a relationship. Eternal life is a relationship with God through Christ. That's it. A relationship with God through Christ. So once again, I will tell you, if you don't have Jesus right, you don't have God right. John shouts this from the rooftops. He shouts this at us, that we must know Jesus. And so I ask you, do you have Jesus right? Do you understand the biblical Jesus? born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a substitutionary death for you and I, was dead, was buried, rose again on the third day, risen and reigning today as our Lord. That's the biblical Jesus. Do you know the biblical Jesus? Because if you don't have Jesus right, you don't have God right. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and simply ask your, answer that question. Do I know the biblical Jesus? Because you, you can. You can, it's a simple prayer. You can say, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong, I've said things wrong, I've thought things wrong, and I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came to save me. He came to die in my place on that cross. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life. Give me the strength to live. Give me the eternal life. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor, let them know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but but as you think back over the last couple of weeks, it's kind of been dim. Will you let him back in? Will you let his light back in? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you that that you sent Jesus, that we might know you. That you sent Jesus to reveal all of yourself to us. Keep us mindful of the life we've been given in Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.